You are listening to Discovery Church Podcast. We are kicking off a brand new series this morning called Mindset. And listen, there's a lot, like some messages I'm like, uh, we'll get through it. But then there's other messages where I'm just, I'm so fired up to, to share it with you guys. And, and this is one of those messages where I'm excited to share with you. Um, as a matter of fact, uh, I, I just, I'm just going to shut up and we're just going to go at it. What, what, what I do want to say, though, that I, what I love about this series is that uh, it's, it's for Christians, right? So it's for people like the goal is to inspire Christians to understand the capacity that you have as a believer. But if you're here this morning and you're not a believer and, and you're kind of on the fence whether or not you want to do this Christian thing, great news because this series is for you as well. Because this series hopefully will inspire you to say, man, I want some of that too. So this is good. I'm excited. Um, we're going to jump in on 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. This is going to set us up for the verse for the next three weeks that we're going to be talking about this. A little backdrop of, of, of this verse. It's written by the Apostle Peter. Now, this is the same Peter that denied Jesus three times. This is the same Peter that called Jesus out and said, if this is really you, let me walk on water. This is that Peter. And so that gives me hope because if Jesus can use Peter, he can use me. If Jesus can use Peter, he can use you. And so this apostle Peter, he's writing this letter. And um, what I love about this and what is very encouraging is that most scholars believe that Peter is writing this letter to the Gentiles. Now, back in, in the Bible time, there were basically two groups of people. There were the Jewish, Jewish people, and then there was everyone else. And everyone else, they were under the title of Gentiles. And most scholars believe that this letter that Peter was writing was addressed to the non-Jewish people. That would be me. And so that's encouraging because what I'm about to read to you, if you're here in your Jewish descent or great news, if you're not, this applies to you as well. And so here it is. This is Peter. He's writing chapter 2, verse 9. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood. Could you say royal priesthood? Royal priesthood. A holy nation, God's special possession that you may declare the praise of him who called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. I love that. For those of you here that are believers, Jesus, he called you out of darkness into the light. That's good news. That's good news. And so uh, we're going to land our plane. We're going to rewind a little bit. Joshua chapter 10. This is in your notes. It's also on the screen. I'm going to read it real quick and then um, we'll get into it. Verse 16, now the five kings had fled and hidden in the caves of the M-word. When Joshua was told that the five kings had been found hiding in the cave at the M-word, he said, I'm just not going to try to say it. Like, he said, roll large rocks up to the mouth of the cave and post some men there to guard it. But don't stop. Pursue your enemies. Attack them from the rear and don't let them reach their cities. For the Lord your God has given them into your hands. We're going to skip down to verse 24. When they had brought these kings to Joshua, he summoned all the men of Israel and said to the army commanders who had come with them, Come here and put your feet on the necks of these kings. 
So they came forward and placed their feet on their necks. Joshua said to them, do not be afraid, do not be discouraged, be strong and courageous. This is what the Lord will do to all, I love that, the enemies you are going to fight. This morning I want to talk to you from the subject, your victory pose. Your victory pose. Let's pray one more time. Father, we love you. God, I thank you for what you're doing already. Father, I thank you that you are already stirring our hearts to receive what you want to give us. And so, Father, right now, I pray that you would just help us to focus in on your spirit. That we would, that, that what you want us to get, God, that it would fall on good ground. That it would produce a good harvest. God, we don't want to leave here the same way that we came in. We got way better things to do than just to sit and listen to karaoke and some person talking. So, God, we want to leave chains. And that's only through your spirit. So, Holy Spirit, would you just take control now? We love you so much. In Jesus' name. Come on, everyone sing. Amen. So for those of you that are unaware that do not follow me on social media, we had a bit of excitement this past week. For those of you that do not know, my wife is 37 weeks pregnant. So that means baby is, yeah, woo, yeah. Uh, that, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm excited. Um, so that means that baby is coming at any moment. <clears throat> and so we actually have someone on standby in case the baby comes Saturday night. They'll be ready to preach Sunday morning, so we're just, you know, we're being safe. But, but this past week on Wednesday night around 5 o'clock, my wife started having uh, pains in, in, in her stomach and in her back. So much so that she was on the floor just like cry, crying, just bawling. And I'm like, this doesn't look normal. So I'm like, babe, what's, what's going on? Are you, are you okay? And she's like, I think I'm having the baby. And I'm like, oh, okay. Well, um, so... Fast forward, I was like, babe, let's, let's get in my truck. We'll put you in, the, in my truck, and, and we'll just, we'll, I'll drive you to the hospital, to Kaiser in Santa Rosa. So I get her in the car, and, um, and she's like, babe, I think I'm going to have it now. <laughs> I'm like YouTubing it, how to, how to deliver a baby. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> At that moment, I was not confident, right? And I was like, I was thinking to myself, this would not be smart if I try to drive her to Santa Rosa while she's about to have the baby. Like, what am I going to do? I don't know. I don't know how to respond. I, I like, I, what if there's traffic? Like, the cars are in my way. I just, so I said, baby, do you want me to call 911? She said, yes. And so... So we called, uh, the ambulance came, and they put her on the stretcher, and um, they, 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 they put her in the ambulance, and they said, they told me that I had to go sit in shotgun and the ambulance, right? And so we're driving, they're driving, we, we get to the, to the hospital safely, only to find out that it was a false alarm, and uh, there was no baby coming, <laughs> but there's a bill, <laughs> well, <laughs> Come on, y'all, we're thinking it. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> My gosh. Anyways, so as, as the, the emotions and, the, and all, like, just uh, everything just calmed down, I remember sitting and, and thinking about how 
amazing it was to see how much authority the ambulance commanded on the road. See, when we were in shotgun, when I was sitting shotgun in the ambulance, it was amazing to see the cars part. It was amazing as we were driving, like there was no stopping. There was no, um, uh, no inconsiderate people. Like they just. And I was sitting there and I was thinking like how amazing the authority that this ambulance had. And then I began to think about how the reason why these cars, these drivers were parting, like it had nothing to do with me. Like these cars weren't looking in the rearview mirror saying, oh, here comes John, I better get out the way. The authority had nothing to do with me, but rather, and this is what I want you to get, the authority had everything to do with where I placed myself in. See, this morning we're we're talking about the mindset that I want us to look at is the mindset of authority. See, I want you to understand this morning that you have authority. Watch this. I love this definition of authority. It says this, the power or the right to give orders, make decisions, and enforce obedience. I love the way that the the apostle Peter wrote this in, in, in that letter. He said, you're a chosen generation. But then the very next thing he said was that you are a royal priesthood. In other words, he's saying there is royalty. If you are a son or daughter of Christ, if you've made a decision to follow Jesus, that there is royalty and authority in your bloodline. One person. I'm going to tell you, I'm a little feisty this morning. Like when you've had a week of where the devil was just your, you were the devil's punching bag. Like all of a sudden you come up and you're, you're a little feisty. And so, so you, there, there, there's authority and the royalty in your bloodline. That as a child of God, there is, there is authority that is your inheritance. That it's yours for the taking. But what's amazing to me, I've seen this so many times and I've even seen it in my life, the fact that if we as believers have this access to authority, then why is it so many times, myself included, so many believers walk around defeated and fearful and doubtful with no hope? See, I think we're leaving something on the table. I don't think we're tapping fully into the, the authority that is given to you and me as child, children of, of, of Jesus, of God. There's more on the table. And so when I was thinking about talking, to, talking about authority, I was thinking like there's one of two reasons why we're not walking in authority. Either we don't know that we have the authority. Or we're just not, we don't know how to access that authority. 
And so this morning, my goal is by the time we're done, that you would know that there is authority that you have access to. That is in your bloodline. That is in your inheritance as a child of God. And then I want to give you three ways that you can walk in the authority that he's given you. Sound good? And so I think the best and perfect way to, to explain this authority that we have is in that story that we read in Joshua chapter 10. It's an amazing story. And, and, and so I'm just going to recap it and then we're just going to go along. But, but here, here's what, how it starts is that there are these five kings, five Amorite kings. And they heard about how how this, this, this army, uh, God's people, how they were, they, were, they were strong and mighty. And so these five kings, they came together and they said, hey, listen, I think that if we join forces, that if we, if we combine our resources, I think that, that we will be able to overcome Joshua and his people. And so what they did is they, they got their armies together. They got all the resources. And so five people were against this one tribe. And they went to battle and they started fighting. And what I love is that these five kings, that their tribes and their armies, that they were getting their butt kicked so bad that they ran off. They left, they, left their, they left the battle, they ran, and they hid. Now, before we get any further, I, I want us to, to identify these five kings, because really these five kings, I believe they stand for five different authorities, right? Because as a king, you have an authority, and so what was going on is that these five kings, that they were trying to really oppress and put into bondage God's people. See, I don't know about you this morning, but I've, I've experienced it where I've had things that tried to bound me, to hold me down, to, to take away my freedom. And I believe that these five kings, that the, they reflect those things in your life that you just can't shake. Those addictions, those strongholds, that anxiety, that depression, that sickness. Those are your kings right there. But what I love about this story is that though we read about five kings, there's really six kings. You got the five Amorite kings, but then you got the king of kings and lord of lords who was in this story as well. And so you got to know what authority you're going to run from or run to. And, and I, my, my goal is I, I want to unveil, if you will, these five kings because for a lot of us in here, we've been allowing these kings to control us. For a lot of us in here, we've been allowing these kings to dictate our life. But what I love about this story is that as you read it, these five kings, these things that we've been running from our entire lives for most of us, that when you read the text, they're nothing but scaredy cats. 
that when they stand toe-to-toe with the king of kings, the Lord of lords, they can't handle it, so they run. See, I'm trying to tell you this morning, you don't have to run from something that's afraid of the authority that's inside of you. I feel like I'm preaching better than you're responding this morning. Like I'm trying to tell you, you got authority. You don't have to run. It's scared of you. And so here, here are these, these, uh, these five kings. They, they hide in the cage, or the cave. I said cage. I guess it would be a cage. And uh, what I want us to do now is, and this is in your notes, I want to give you three ways that we walk in your authority. And this is going to, we're going to continue to move through the story. And so if you're taking notes, if, you, if you're following along, um, the first one is this. If you want to walk in your authority, here it is, number one, submission. Submission. So, so picture this with me. Here are these five kings. They run into the cave. The Bible says that Joshua's men, they get to the cave, and they're excited because the kings are in the cave. And so the Bible says that they, that they get word to Joshua, and they say, Joshua, we have the kings. This is our opportunity to kill him. This is our opportunity to cut the head off the snake. And what I love about this is that these authority placed himself under another authority. They didn't act without first submitting to a greater authority. See, he... Here's what, what, what I really love is, is that the authority that we're talking about this morning, that it's not self-derived. Like the authority that I'm talking about this morning, it's not authority that you can ever gain by yourself. In fact, it's only given when you surrender your life to Jesus. Then that authority becomes your authority. See, I am convinced that your authority is only as good as the place you got it from. I'll say that again. Your authority is only as good as the place you got it from. Case in point, we were eating dinner the other night, and uh, my son was in his room playing his video games. And I said to my, my little girl, I said, baby, can you go get your brother? Now, I do that because my little girl, she loves being the boss. And so, so like, this is like, she loves this moment, right? And so I'm listening to her. And uh, she's like, brother or Eli, you got to come eat dinner. And Eli's like, you're not my boss. (laughs) And then she says this. She said, daddy said, you got to come eat. And instantly Eli got up. Came to the table. Why? Because your authority is only as good as where you get it from. See, some of y'all, you've been trying to defeat your kings on your own authority. And you're tired. And you're like, this is not working. This, my situation looks the same. Can I suggest that you change the authority over your situation? 
See, true authority, and I love this, true authority is submitting yourself to the authority of Jesus so that his authority now is your authority. I love it, the authority. So if you want to walk in your authority, you got to learn to submit to a higher authority and to say, Jesus, here, I'll give you my situation. Jesus, here, give me the strength to deal with what I'm dealing with. Submission. Number two, the second one, how to walk in your authority. Patience. Patience. So now here, here's what's, what's so crazy about this story is that they, uh, they, they had the kings in the cave, right? The kings are in the cave. And they, they get a hold of Joshua. Joshua, what do you want us to do? How do you want us to respond to this? We can take him out right now. And what I love what Joshua says is he's like, no. Put a stone in front of the cave. We'll get to it later. Let's go and defeat the rest of the, let's go continue the battle. And then we will come back and fight. That's crazy to me. Like, if that was me, I'm like, no, let's do it now. They're here. But I think the, the, the heart of, of this, this part is, is the idea that if we want to walk in the authority that, that we have as believers, we have to learn to be patient through the process. We have to learn to be patient through the process. See, I think too many times we, we, we have fallen in love with the prize rather than the process. We, we've fallen in love with the end destination rather than the process that gets us to the destination. We, we look at this patience time and we're like, man, it's a waste of time. Nothing's happening. And then we, 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 we begin to become so fixated on the prize. But, but can I say that it's in the process where God begins to change you. It's in the process where God begins to, to tug on you and, and begins to stretch you and begins to mold you and begins to shape you. It's in the process. I think if we could fall in love with the process... And be patient in the process that we wouldn't view the process as a waste of time. Because he wants to do something in the process. He wants to do something in it. But we got to learn to be patient. We got to learn to be patient. In the story, when Joshua said to roll a stone in front of the cave... What I want you to notice is that they didn't just roll the stone and they didn't just wait out front. They didn't just wait. But in fact, while they, were, while they rolled the stone away, they went over to the battlefield to continue to do some work and continue to fight. And I think that's a beautiful depiction of what, what God does sometimes on our behalf in our situation. And that we, th we think that he's doing nothing 
but instead he's on the battlefield fighting, doing something behind the scenes on our behalf that we can't see, but it's not wasted time. we got to learn to be patient. we got to be patient. If we want to walk in authority, we've got to walk and be patient. So the first one is submission. Second one is patience. And here's the third one. Fearlessness. Fearlessness. I'll go ahead and read this to you guys as the band is getting ready. Joshua chapter 10, verse 24. So now Joshua, uh, let me back up a little bit. Joshua, they're done with the battle. They get back to the cave, and this is where we picked up, where we're picking up. When they brought them out, Joshua told the commanders of his army, come and put your feet on the king's neck. And they did as they were told. Don't ever be afraid or discouraged, Joshua told his men. Be strong and courageous, for the Lord is going to do this to all your enemies. I love this part of the story because they get to the cave. They move the stone that was blocking the cave. They bring out the five kings. And what I love is that Joshua, he makes the kings lie down. And he tells these troops, he's like, hey, guys, come here. Everyone, I I picture this, everyone's huddling around these these five kings. and, And Joshua says this, he says, put your foot on their neck. I love that. Like if that is not swag, I don't know what is. He said, put your foot on their neck. And he said, get used to this because God wants to do this to every one of your enemies. I like to read this and and, and to think that what Joshua was really saying with the foot on the neck of the king, he's saying, hey, this is your new victory pose. This is your new victory pose. Your foot on the neck of that thing that's been trying to hold you down. I feel like it's way too quiet in here to let you know that you got a new victory pose. That thing that you've been struggling with, you got a new victory pose. That sickness that you've been dealing with, you got that foot on that neck. You got a new victory pose. That addiction that you thought you can't beat, you got a new victory pose. I love it what Jesus says in Luke chapter 10 and verse 19. He says, you have the authority over the serpent, scorpion, and every power of the enemy to put it under your foot. You have authority. You have authority. Those kings that you've been dealing with, that you've been running from, you got to tell him not today. I may have ran from you in the past, but I understand that today 
I got a new victory pose, and it's my foot on your neck. I am victorious. Come on. New victory pose. You got a new victory pose. You got some swagger now. I'm trying to tell you that when you leave this place and that depression comes back, you got that authority to say, shut up. You are... Let me tell you, let me tell you where this all stemmed from. The past couple weeks, man, has been hell on earth for my family. We were like, you guys didn't even know this, but on Saturday before Easter, I was in bed all day. I couldn't even move. I didn't even know if I was gonna be able to get be here on Easter Sunday. We took my son to the ER Friday. They thought his appendix burst. My wife got food poison on Sunday night. My little girl caught it on Monday. On Wednesday, we thought my, my wife was going to have a baby. She Like, it's crazy. And you know, I think number four of, of how to walk in your authority, this is not in your notes, this is this is just a little tidbit that I'm thinking about right now. I think the fourth thing, if you want to walk in authority, you got to be sick of being kicked around. It was about, I don't know, some, I don't, all my weeks are, are all together. But I got whatever whatever was making everyone throw up like I had that I caught it right I caught it we're a kissing family we love kissing we got to learn to not kiss when we're sick and um and so I woke up it was about 12 midnight and I felt like I had to throw up and I was like oh no this is not happening right now this is not happening I go to the bathroom, and all of a sudden, my mind, my mindset shifted. See, because up to that point, I was like, oh, this is life. This is how we'll just roll with it. But I remember leaning over that toilet, and my mindset shifted. I said, not today, devil. I got my Spotify song, my Spotify on. I played my favorite worship song. And I was literally worshiping at the foot of my toilet while throwing up. I was like, blah, thank you, Jesus, you are Lord. Blah, Jesus, you have authority. Blah. Devil, you're under my foot. Blah. Not today. And here's what I want you to know. And we could all stand. We're going to. That there is authority that you have access to. As a child, 
of God. That those kings in your life don't have power over you. But you have authority over it. Thank you for listening to Discovery Church Podcast. Remember, we will have a new message for you every Monday at 5 p.m. Make sure to like and subscribe, and you will be notified when a new episode is ready for listening.